Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three cr.org.au, and three CR on demand. Lots of ways to listen to Out of the Pan on first broadcast between noon and one on Sunday afternoon, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Three CR and all the program, including Out of the Pan and all programs, proudly broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we pay respects to elders, past, present, and emerging. Also acknowledging our queer LGBTI original inhabitants, including sister girls and brother boys. Lots of ways to get in touch with this program. You can um, email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456 751 215. Put a comment under the posts on my Facebook page, Sally Goldner, or out of the pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne, or tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Well, opened up today with Paul Kelly from the Words and Music album, and um, that got us that got us woken up if, even more than coffee would. Um, nothing on my mind, but a great line in there. We should listen to the young people, um, although it wasn't a man on the radio, it was a pan telling you that. Um, and I'm joined in the studio by someone who, I won't assume any pronouns or gender, um, we'll check in on your pronouns, um, Cara Monty from Parents of Gender Diverse Children. Cara, welcome to 3CR and Out of the Pan. Thanks for having me, Sally. You can uh, refer to me with she and her. Beautiful, as we do. Well, wanted to get you in because I've just I've had an, a fantastic week. I do have to say, um, and was up in Sydney for the Health in Difference Conference Number Ten. Lots of great um, content um, of all sorts, um, including trans and gender diverse. Um, a repeat of the Picker Box panel, um, including. The fabulous Evie McDonald, um, um, 14 sensational hashtag Evie for PM, everyone on Twitter, but, um, um, you know, which is sort of a reason that prompted me because we heard so much good things about, you know, how to, how to support um, young trans and gender diverse people, but also how to, how, you know, what parents can experience as well, which is something that does need to be considered. And your uh, parents of gender diverse children is right, of course, um, in the very thick of that. So perhaps tell us a little of how parents of gender diverse children formed, and um, a little bit go into some detail just to start of um, what it does. Sure. Well, uh, parents of gender diverse children was created out of a need for parents uh, who needed more information in order to uh, support best support their children who were uh, perhaps emerging as being gender diverse. Yeah. And this, of course, now, now children, that begs an interesting point, um, sort of about age range, you know, what sort of age ranges were emerging and what have emerged since, um, since P- 
um, I'm going to be an abbreviation yeah. person, PGDC, <laughs> um, have um, started off. Yeah, look, uh, within PGDC, we've got children uh, who've been coming through as young as, as three or four, uh, all the way through to teen years and, uh, and beyond. So we, we actually cover the full, the full range within uh, the people that contact the service for support. Okay, so you're also, so let's say a trans person comes out at 42, as a round number, you'll support there as well. Yeah. Look, absolutely. We're happy to network with everyone. We do obviously um, work predominantly with parents. So yeah. so it's parents who are looking uh, for the best ways to support their children. And a plus side of that is that all of the, uh, the, the gender diverse children get to meet and network and get to know each other as well and support their own uh, and perform. Uh, create their own sort of support networks too amongst themselves. Yeah, it all becomes sort of organic and morphing, which is kind of nice. And, yeah, you know, definitely. people come to a meeting, say it covers Melbourne Metro and someone from, I don't know, um, uh, I'll go at random here, from Mordialic <laughs> meets someone who lives in Chelsea and it's like, oh, we're just down the road from each other. Absolutely. And we do see that a lot where you have parents, uh, particularly new to the group, uh, who may join and introduce themselves, introduce their situation, and then all of a sudden you've got a few other parents going, hey, look, I'm just around the corner. Would you like to catch up for a coffee and uh, and have a chat and get to know each other? So it's a wonderful, wonderful forum for that. As you do in Melbourne, hashtag caffeine. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had mine this morning. <laughs> I'm still going on my first. Um, this, this show's going to get faster and faster as we go along. <laughs> and it's going to get, um, well, we wanted to talk about, you know, sort of what are the good, you know, it might sound incredibly obvious, this, but there could be people out there who haven't thought about this. It just isn't in their radar. What sort of things work um, in supporting, you know, young? Well, we'll keep focus mainly on say under twenty-five. What sure. sort of thing, you know, do work for supporting, um, you know, young younger trans and gender diverse children? Look. Um I'm speaking sort of both from my own anecdotal experience mm-hmm. but also from what I have understood throughout the literature and that is that, you know, when when a child who is gender diverse uh, is supported and is affirmed and accepted um, within their own self-identity, that, that child has uh, every opportunity to thrive um, and have well-being outcomes that are, you know, equal with or, you know, or even better than their their cisgendered peers or siblings. So, you know, it, it does seem like um, perhaps a foreign concept to people that there would be children as young as three or four who mm. express, um, yeah, who express uh, uh, an identity in their gender that is different to what they were assigned at birth. However, it is very real. Um, of and, um, you know, for those children... What the families do experience is that once they understand that, once they accept that and support that, those children absolutely thrive. And, and that's what we aim to sort of to promote within, within our organisation. Which is what's needed. You know, we want all children to at least have a, a chance at a flying start of achieving their best potential in life sort of thing, whether they're cis or trans and gender diverse or you know, later on or going to the ballpark next door, whether they're heterosexual or gay, lesbian, bi, pan, etc. Absolutely. Or whatever, um, you know, give people a chance with a bit of love and a bit of boost. Absolutely. And, you know, I do have a, uh, a very young trans child myself ah. and I do have, you know, people sort of who I haven't seen for a while uh, will say, How is, how's things? Mm. How is, it must have been, you know, it must be really difficult. And I'm like, actually, you know what? 
It's really not. <laughs> it's, it's this is uh, this is my child. I love my child uh, unconditionally, and you know to to do that, my child is is living an absolutely regular childhood. There is um, no no part in his mind. He you know he sort of grasps the concept that he might you know be a li- have a little bit of a difference to some of his friends, and that's absolutely just part of his understanding of his own identity and he is getting along with things and there is absolutely no issue and I, I think that's what it really boils down to is unconditionally loving your child. I think that's going to be the catchphrase for um, the podcast when it goes up today, <laughs> um, which is absolutely how it needs to be. And you've put, you've put a good point in there that your child is aware of difference and is taking it positively, which is, gosh, what we need in this world. You know, we're, there's about oh, six or seven billion different human beings. You know, we're not all exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, the thing is that, um, you know, that doesn't make any of us any lesser. And your child's aware of difference and saying, well, okay, so if that's just me and I'm at least neutral, if not positive. Um, yay. <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, I'll tell you a little story. I yeah. was in the car and uh, we're driving along as, you know, usual all these conversations happen in the car with children. And mm. my, uh, my eldest daughter said, oh, so-and-so told me that um, green eyes aren't as common as sort of brown eyes or blue eyes. I said, oh, yeah. And she said, yeah. So, you know, does that make me special because I've got green eyes? And I said, well, I think you're special anyway. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, your green eyes sort of. Sure, that's, you know, that's a, it's a bit of a difference that you've got, you know. Anyway, um, young trans mister then goes, and uh, so I'm transgenders, yeah? Mm. <laughs> and, I, and it's interesting because this concept is, is like naming is this is a new thing for him, mm-hmm. um, sort of putting together the, just the terminology even. Um, for him, it's just always the way he has been. But, and I said, well, yeah. And he said, well, that just makes me special, yeah? And I'm like, well, I think you're special anyway, but yeah. And so there's absolutely no discomfort around, around that notion, you know, and that's what I think would be an amazing thing to achieve for all children who, who are gender diverse. Absolutely. Just treat people positively, be affirming, love, unconditional love. Um, there we have it. All right, let's have a pause there and have some more music. Um, one for, well, we've got a, it's Melbourne, we acknowledge the weather. It's a track from Cold Chisel's 1999 album, <laughs> The Last Wave of Summer. <laughs> oh, and um, we'll have a listen to that and come back and talk more about the, well, the yays and nays, if you like, of supporting trans and gender diverse children. We'll explain what that means. You're on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with guest with Sally and guest Caramonti from Parents of Gender Diverse Children. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. Tune in to Done by Law. An informal and irreverent look at the law. Critical insights and analysis from diverse community perspectives. Done by law, 6pm Tuesdays. Ah! 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3CR.org and... 3C, I'll start that again. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR digital, 3CR.org.au, 3CR on demand. Lots of ways to listen to 3CR, including this show, Out of the Pan, a show covering pan sexual issues, knoweth no boundaries of sex or gender. Prior to the messages, we heard from Colt Chisel, 
The last wave of summer, yeah. We've sort of had that now, I think, in here in Melbourne. It's, a, it's Melbourne. We talk about the weather, <laughs> as we do. And, um, well, the things we love in you, which we heard about in the first segment. Lots of things to love about um, every child and value them for their uniqueness and specialness. Absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've got to talk about a contrast, that viewpoint. And this report that went up online in The Age and presumably other Fairfax media websites yesterday, but it is mainly a Victorian story, with the headline, Guy Under Pressure. And I'm actually going to give trigger warnings before discussing this. There's mm. so much homophobia and transphobia, but I think we've got to get it out in the open, under out from under a rock, so to speak. Headline, Guy Under Pressure to Allow Gay, in inverted commas, appropriately so, conversion therapy for kids. And the Liberal Party State Council meeting, which happens on the last weekend of this month, the 28th and 29th of April, is set to push a motion to support this. Um, goodness me. Um, and then also it urges Mr Guy to advocate for laws ensuring, quote, parents and young people are all given full information about the so um, psychological harms of social, medical and surgical gender transitioning, end quote. Deary me. Um, <laughs> where do we begin? Yes, where do we start? And I suppose I'll, I'll try my best not to use words that our grandmothers were told were swear words. My uh, grandma, well, she's 91 and she'd agree with us. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, I, I, as I said, I've come back from, you know, health indifference and you see Evie on the panel. There were great presentations by Relationships Australia, Queensland on their parents' support group. Um, Louise Cooper of Drummond Street and their, um, you know, um, it takes a village sort of um, group. Yours truly runs Trans Family. We heard from you what works. And then you hear, I'll try to be polite and say stuff like yep. this. Um, what, I mean, what? Look, but your thoughts. You're the guest. <laughs> look, off, off the bat, the, the first thing that strikes me with this is the assertion that, firstly, that young people are just, you know, kind of deciding to you know, to, to, to mm. transition, transition their gender, you know, just because mm. and that they kind of do that flippantly with absolutely mm. no guidance, no support um, and no information, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, to begin with, the Royal Children's Hospital yeah. here in Melbourne, fantastic mm. uh, gender clinic there, staffed by an amazing team of, mm. of medical practitioners who... You know, they're not just there to treat, but they are there to diagnose and assist. And these young people are not um, entering into this world flippantly at all. And and that is, for me, that's the first thing that stands out to me is mm. that, oh, people don't, don't, they don't understand the harms of what they're doing, which is just ridiculous because yep. the, the fact is, is that supporting and affirming young people in their gender is preventing there is preventing harm to them. Absolutely. Helping them be or their authentic selves rather than being sort of torn into or pushed in the wrong direction by a society that wants to lock us in limited boxes of when it comes to body, gender identity, gender expression and similar um, is one thing. And of course, a big, you know, as you say, a great team, but headed by the fabulous Michelle Telfer, winner of um, Ally at the Globe Awards last year. Yep. Um, so she's compassionate, intelligent, and does good sequins. <laughs> Bless her. Um, so, um, you know, but seriously, you know, coming back to that, um, you know, you wonder, I, this is, we were having a chat about this off air, you know, mm. 
how do people believe this when there's so much evidence from what you know you were saying the first segment um from what um evie was saying up at um health indifference from what all the other great parents say you know rebecca robertson and georgie stone and all that sort of thing I don't understand how they can even push for a policy like this. This yeah. is where we were, we were struggling and you can hear the struggle in my <laughs> voice too. Oh, listen, um, it's certainly been something that's had, had me shaking my head in, mm. in the past day or so. And look, what, what this really does indicate is that you have a bunch of people who are approaching a subject from an ideological perspective. Mm. They are not approaching the subject via experience. They are not approaching this subject via at you know, knowledge, they are approaching it through ideology. And look, my, my concern is, is that what they are doing is suggesting that there is evidence mm. that the children being supported by the children's hospital, um, you know, are in some way being harmed and that there is evidence to suggest that a conversion therapy style approach is actually beneficial for children. Now, on the contrary, absolutely unequivocally stated by any peak health body across the world, world's yeah. best practice is the absolute opposite of what they are suggesting in these documents. Well, that's right. And I suppose there's two things I'd bring in here. Yours truly suffered a bit of conversion therapy at age just short of 30, and that was bad enough. Mm-hmm. How you could put a minor through it is beyond me. And, you know, the other part of the report um, quotes the previous report from Fairfax Media that sadly gay and trans conversion practices still exist and then goes on to talk about a trans child who was forced into seven sessions of chaplaincy counselling at her then religious school without her parents' knowledge and she was told not to um, tell her parents. And that's ripping families apart. Absolutely. Also, we always hear these conservatives say, well, it's up to parents to decide the treatment. And yet here's here's this chaplaincy service saying, well, don't tell your parents. Mm. And look, on that, let's just talk about that for a little moment. This is a a real bee in my bonnet. Let's, let's, you know, let parents decide, right? Mm. So I think the statement in there is that parents are first and foremost the ones to decide what's best medical treatment or, Mm. you know, um, words to that effect. Uh, when in any other case would you have a parent walking into the Royal Children's Hospital and suggesting to a medical practitioner that they do not know what they're talking about and that the parent should be the one to decide the best treatment options for their child? Could you ever imagine? Could you imagine them walking into an oncology unit? Could you imagine them walking into, you know, uh, any, any unit in that hospital and a parent walking in and stomping and demanding? Now, Around the world when we see this, we have seen things like fundamentalist Mormons in the States trying to pray their children's cancer away Mm -hmm. because their child, uh, you know, they believe that their ideology is uh, more important than medical practitioners and their ability to treat their children. Where where do we draw the line at this um, if we're suggesting that parents actually have a better idea as to what is better uh, medically? for their children. Parents are absolutely involved in the uh, process when, you know, when you take a child to the gender clinic and you say, this is what's happening with us, Uh, you know, we sort of need support, we need, you know, is there a diagnosis to be had? There is absolute, you are absolutely surrounded by support and information. Parents are completely involved. However, in the case, and in any case, not just medically, but if you have parents who are subjecting their children to harm, then I think it's important for 
the experts in the field to be the ones to make the decision as to what's best for the well-being of that child. Yeah, overwhelmingly the case. Um, so there's um, that, um, that that needs to be the case, although there, there might... Okay, look, I'm going to have to bring it up. I suppose the situation that came to mind there was I'm thinking of intersex infants, you know, where sure. unfortunately health professionals have not often Correct. got it right. So I suppose in 99% of cases. But the thing is, it's about collaboration and communication, not, um, you know, stridency from medical professionals. And it's about working together, I think, has to be the approach. Absolutely. And that's a really fair point too, Sally. And um, on that, you know, I think we've certainly made advances in understanding um, yeah. that situation as well uh, yeah. within the realms. And I think that's part of the leap that has been taken with understanding gender diversity and, and um, you know, transgender issues as well. But the intersex situation, certainly I would hope that nowadays we have a better understanding too from a medical perspective. I think it's slowly moving. And mm. there was a, the other great highlight along with trans pick a box of... Um, um, health indifference was a panel of 12 intersex people doing a brief bit of their stories and what they would like and not like. And that's the most intersex people I've seen in the one space outside of, saying intersex-specific gathering. Yep, brilliant. Um, and that's much needed um, and it got a huge... And both the events got a much-deserved standing ovation. Uh, but it's great to see this, you know. Um, I totally... You know, trans sort of got on the map a few years ago, but, you know intersects not there yet so no. it was good to see that but overwhelmingly you know you, you know the idea that parents would say well i know how to fix my child's broken ankle or something and, that, yeah. and that's that's not that's more to my point is yeah. that this is what we're talking about here is um you know it's evidence-based treatment options that the yes. child is leading ah. the way and this is and this is the thing so what we're, we're not talking about me as a parent marching my child into the children's hospital and saying, this is what I want for my child. This is the decision I think. What we're actually talking about is child, the child-led um, mm. process of affirming and acknowledging their own identity. So, um, you know, that's, it's not to be confused with a parent uh, or, a, you know, just blindly accepting a medical opinion. This is actually being driven by the actual child themselves. That's right. I think, I, I think that's a hard point for... Um, particularly, I'll just call them loosely the far right to mm. grasp because there is that, and it's just got to come up, this father knows best, we control women and children mentality that is predominant in that area. Gosh, children couldn't know anything about their own lives. Well, sorry, we do. <laughs> and we absolutely saw that. I mean, this is the thing and this is what I struggle with. The research in this area has absolutely evolved across time. We've seen a paradigm shift mm. in, you know, what was considered you know, these children have been around forever. So trans children are not a new thing. As much as the conservative right Absolutely. would like to let you think that safe schools mm. has somehow brainwashed half of, you know, yeah. um, children into questioning their gender. That's uh, absolutely... And we put stuff in the water and coffee supply. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so these kids have been around forever. And the difference is, is that back in the day... Um, you know, researchers understood that the mental anguish that these mm. kids were going through was because of their deviance and the best way to avoid that anguish was to stop them from their deviance so they would fit in with the rest of, and I use inverted commas, society. Yep. Now, you know, things shift and things change, but what was predominantly 
the the thing there was that the child couldn't possibly know the the child the child does not know understand what is best for them now we've understood as medicine has progressed and research has progressed we understand now that that's actually not the case you know you can listen to children and children have a very very good clear understanding of themselves um but it seems to be that the conservative right the very the very far mm. right wing if you want to divide it into left and right uh, can't let go of that notion that children have some autonomy in in how they see themselves. Absolutely, very, very, very. Look, very true. And um, you know, sort of, I, so a thought came to me. I was a trans child just because I wasn't out and didn't tell anyone. I still knew deep down what was going on, and sure, it got you know a whole lot of distortion put over it by society. But you know, in a way. Underneath it, there was some clarity, even if it, you know, was stuffed up by an all boys school and all the rest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's, a, you know, it's a, it's a good approach to take. That of course, young people know, and it's not this magical. They don't know anything for seventeen years and three hundred and sixty-four days, and <laughs> hallelujah, on their eighteenth birthday, they wake up and know everything. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, we, it's, you know, I think we do need to debunk debunk myths, and so it's not about giving this sort of policy any more time than it than it needs but it's we you know we have to debunk myths and a good book that does lots of this i've got to recommend is cn lester trans trans like me um cn lester's a 34 year old non-binary person mm-hmm. from the uk he's just absolutely magical um and you know that um goes into a lot of the, the myth debunking and also this whole new gender thing's a whole new thing. Well, I go back a hundred years ago, and of course there was so much in and music look at different and cultures else. even exactly I mean, come on you know well, there's that aspect too, acknowledging my privilege as a white, relatively 99% Anglo-Saxon person, even though technically I'm Jewish, you know, it's cultural supremacism to deny the Fafaini of Samoa and the two-spirit of North America and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of, um, you know, cultures that express gender in ways that are not like what we're, what the predominant horrible Western model that leads to Me Too situations. Yeah, correct. So there is that linkage as well. Lots in there. Well, I, th- I think there's plenty of debunking that we've just done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, debunk that out. Matthew Guy, the pressure's on you. I don't understand. I suppose this is the last point we'd make. You know, Victoria got, of the six states got the biggest yes vote, and yet they're proposing this in the year of a Victorian election. You got to, I just don't understand how they could possibly think there's votes in it. Yeah, and, and that's another thing too. It's, it's an interesting um, way for them to approach this sort of subject, given uh, that Melbourne in particular is awash with rainbows still. Um, I, yeah. I really can't, I can't understand how, uh, you know, approaching this as, as some kind of policy platform leading into this, the state election could be of any benefit to the Liberal Party, given especially that, you know, they're reporting that there is absolute pushback within the Liberal Party itself. Well, that too. So we hope it'll get pushed back and pushed out the door and onto the street and run over by a big steamroller. Where it belongs. All right, let's have a... We will give ourselves a breather and remember to, um, to get in contact um, with the show by all the means of communication out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. Text 61456 Tweet at Sal Gold said so or look for the posts on Facebook. In the meantime, we'll have a listen to a track that anyone would think this show was planned by Roachford. Um, 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Cara from Parents of Gender Diverse Children. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Lots of ways to listen 
two out of the pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. And appropriately, um, Roachford and this generation. And yes, let's be led by this generation because I reckon they're doing a heck of a lot better than um, some of the old generation that we had to talk about in the last segment. I think sometimes you've got to debunk myths, as we said. So now we've debunked them. We'll (laughs) get back to some good stuff. And the thought came to us, you know, groups like Parents of Gender Diverse Children and lots of others, Trans Family, Transcend, the the group that I heard about that's happening up in Brisbane is called Transilience, which I love that name. Um, All doing good stuff. But what would would Utopia look like is perhaps something to think about for both parents of trans children um, of all ages and also for um, trans children, particularly perhaps more so in the, at the youth end, mm. youth and minor. Um, and look, bearing in mind that I only speak from the perspective of a parent of a, of a trans child. Mm. So I'm not a trans person myself, uh, so I can't sort of speak for trans people. But, um, you know, as a parent, what would be, I think, amazing and really best case scenario is, you know, when your child is starting preschool or school or at a sporting club, uh, you know, anything like that, that you don't actually have to go through this whole process of, oh, where do I find the correct information? What am I going to do? Who Mm. am I going to tell? How do I inform the people? Um, There's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of the stuff that comes through with our group is parents needing support for those sorts of situations because, there's not a whole lot of education that goes into, you know, whether it's childcare services or, you know, and teachers. Um, we've seen the attacks on safe schools in the mm. past, which has just been devastating, really, yeah. because safe schools being an absolutely amazing what was mm. bipartisan, you know, approach to helping engage and educate on, uh, you know, uh, LGBTIQ plus, you know, young people. You know, that's under that's under attack at the moment still. So what would be a great, you know, amazing world for us would just be, you know, that your child starts kinder and, you know, you, you, the teacher sort of understands that, yeah, you've got a, a trans child and that's just it, you know. Um, they might have a, a resource to be able to share with other children if they have questions, but that it's not actually, uh, you know, something that you need to be worried about. Yeah, it's not, as again, it's, um, air quotes, it's not a negative, it's not a challenge and air quotes. It's just part of things. It's seamlessly part. And really, in a way, the same for, I'll just say, all even cis children on gender. So that let's say this, there's this boy who doesn't want to play football of any sort but would rather get exercise going for a walk in the bush or something, yeah. that we value that individuality and not that force that you know male, assigned male at birth child to do ultra-masculine things that isn't really going to be a good idea. And probably there's similar things for assigned female birth children in whether it's a girls' school or an all-gender school, um, either way. You know, just valuing the individual so they can achieve their potential. And I think that that's a really a really good thing. You know, I sort of um, I see a lot of commentary saying, "Oh, you know, you parents, trans activists want to just eliminate gender." And it, it, look, that's absolutely not the case. Absolutely. You know, it's just not the case. There there are people that fit in all of the different boxes, and no one's trying to remove that we're just trying to you know understand that there are you know there are non-binary individuals there are trans mm. individuals you know the, the 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 list is endless and just to accept and understand and affirm that without trying to force anyone outside their own individuality I, I just don't think that that's really it shouldn't be that hard to achieve well absolutely not and that you know you're trying to eradicate gender is um 
you know, it's that's just a an autopilot cliche. It's about no, we we want more genders. We yeah. want about oh, six or seven billion is my cheeky response. But seriously, we just want you know people to be, as you say, people to be respected for the individual they are, not shoved in a box that doesn't fit. And genders, whether it's constructed or not, whether it's nature or nurture, it exists. It's just about letting a child just be themselves in, in relation to gender, however defined, let's say. Correct. Yeah, so that we just want, you know, every child to get a happy, healthy start in life and have the same chance of achieving their potential, Yeah, which is a really good approach. And, you know, um, that that's the thing for you as a, a parent, you know, that's, you know, to go back to what you said in the first segment, that's kind of what you wanted, isn't it? Yeah, and look, and the thing is, is that understanding gender differences is not difficult for kids. Kid, you know, mm. I'm very experienced in the fact that, you know, I have um, I have a little girl who's amazing and she's intelligent and she's bright and you know what? Like she went from having a sister to having a brother mm. <laughs> and she completely, you know, took that on board, understands that, that people are different. You know, that that's that's all it is. If, if you're, you know, it shouldn't be that confusing. I find it a bit hard to understand why... And look, maybe I'm being flippant here, but why all these conservative children are so prone to being confused and scared by this knowledge when I see children everywhere around me who are completely easily able to understand that that there are variations in the human condition and no one's frightened about that knowledge and uh, they kids just get on with it. They accept people and they just get on with life. Absolutely. Oh, my siblings um, affirming their true gender identity. Thanks, Mum. What's for dinner? <laughs> yeah, look, we had we had a funny we had a funny situation where. Uh, Layla had a, a a toy and there was um you know a bit of argy bargy about oh whose toy is it and what is it and and uh, my son said well what what you know is is Bunny a boy or a girl and she just turned around and went I prefer not to give genders to my toys <laughs> you know and just this very you know uh, I'm right across this whole thing and look she was sort of having a bit of a joke but it just goes to show she was just happy to have a toy she you know she wasn't really being fussed about it and kids just get on with it they really don't mind at all absolutely so Melina's emailed in um, and is enjoying the show thanks for tuning in Melina as you do so often thanks to everyone who tunes in and listens to the show um, by whatever means, whether it's live or podcast or the repeat at 5am Wednesday Australian Eastern Time. Um, better have a, a breather um, and, well, we'll keep the youth-related music going. Um, one for youth from a previous generation. Here's Alice Cooper on 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally and guest Cara from Parents of Gender Diverse Children. <laughs> Hello, we are Dachem Racha from Free Ukraine. And you're listening to Free CR Community Radio. Well, if you listen to Free CR, clap your hands. If you listen to Free CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, I sure know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. We'll check out the happening vibe. We're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. What? Who the hell is that? Clap your hands. What are you talking about? I ain't 
piano, Ella. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Get out. Get the hell out of here now. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR.org.au, three CR on demand, lots of ways to listen to Out of the Pan and all the great shows on three CR. Out of the Pan covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Also talking about things what are coming up in the community. A few events this week. Alphabet soup, have a bowl thereof, and need a nice warm bowl of soup now. As we head um, <laughs> freezing. Yeah, rapidly through autumn. It's what happened to autumn? It's sort of got squashed in the middle. Um, hashtag Melburnians talking weather and coffee. <laughs> um, and yes, that's on at Denbar, one thirteen High Street in Westgarth. Um, the Trans Cafe Night run by Seahorse is happening this week. Check it, um, contact via seahorsevic.com. And Bent TV, Friday night. Um, lots of good things coming up um, this week. Um, so, yeah, here with Cara from Parents of Gender Diverse Children as we um, very quickly need to start wrapping things up and make way for freedom of species at 1 o'clock. But, um, yeah. Um, you know, we, I, I like what you say, that we just get to a point where trans and gender diverse was seamlessly part of childhood and school and everything else, and they were just, you know, it almost didn't have to be thought about. I often say, as a diversity educator, the day where um, I'm not... I'm not needed would be a good day. Just give me some careers counselling. That'll be fine. <laughs> um, Perfect. Um, you know, where we where people just don't even have to ask. But obviously people are learning and things do sort of emerge and evolve. So we're probably going to be going for a while. And look, it is about education. But I, I think we just can't shy away from that and we can't allow pushback against education. We really have to hold strong on the fact that, you know, education is, is the key and that's the power and, and that's what... Um, you know, is a really good breeding ground for inclusion. It's That's the only way to get there. Absolutely. Educate, communicate, um, stand firm, and we will get there. Um, and um, parents of gender... Um, parents of Gender Diverse Children does lots of stuff and one of the things you've got coming up, you're working with Proud to Play. Yeah, look, um, PGDC is going to have a, a little stall at, um, at Pride Cup. And, oh... And Pride Cup, I forgot. I'm sorry, I've forgotten the date. Um, it's the 28th of April, mm-hmm. um, and we will be there. Yep, along with Proud to Play. So Proud to Play um, are a great, great organisation. They're helping, mm. uh, you know, kids uh, and gender diverse and trans kids, LGBTIQ kids, get involved in sport. So they're a really great um, organisation, and we'll both be down at Pride Cup in uh, the beautiful Yarra Valley on the 28th of April. That's Saturday week, um, so yep, um, be there perhaps. Um, we'll get your favourite coloured beanie on, rainbow coloured. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. get down there. Everything will be painted, uh, painted rainbows. So, um, Pride Cups run as a, an opportunity to celebrate inclusion in sport. Fantabulous, um, and I'm um, doing great work. And I've, I did hear a bit of Ryan's um, talk at um, at uh, Health Indifference on what Proud to Play are doing, just helping yep. all sorts of. Young people, including trans and gender diverse, um, well, we could I could use a pun, get a Guernsey, so to speak. <laughs> get a rainbow Guernsey. Get a rainbow Guernsey, which is needed. Um, you know, obviously sport of any sort, exercise, benefits, health, fitness, but and if you like team sports, you know, teamwork as well, yeah. um, all that sort of thing, so much needed. And I think sport for trans and gender diverse kids is, uh, and people of all ages, not just um, youth and minors, is still a big issue. It's definitely, um, certainly mm. a, a really important part of, you know, um, 
of inclusion and and social connectivity, um, being involved in something you know where you're enjo- getting enjoyment out of it, as well as physical activity, which are all really important for health and well-being. So, yeah, proud to play are doing amazing work in that space, and really really proud to be um, to get to work alongside them in a few different ways. Yeah. Now, parents of gender diverse children doesn't just operate here in Victoria. If I have it right, there's um, um, lots of things going on around Australia, or you, or between. You and me, we can probably link people into similar rich groups around our big, yeah. broad la- brown land. Yeah, look, if, if you've got, if yourself, if you, you know, need some um, parental peer support, please contact us. It doesn't matter what state you're in. We certainly do have people all around Australia. We're based here in Victoria. Yeah. Um, however, yeah, absolutely have networks everywhere and um, probably be able to hook you up with, uh, with your local people. Yep. And pgdc.org.au and get in touch with the fabulous people and parent of parents of gender diverse children. And, um, of course, um, um, I have the, the joy um, opposite Transgender Victoria's office in at Carlton. We wave across the corridor to Megan and Karen <laughs> on repeated occasions. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. And, yeah, look, um, I've got to say we touched on the fact the young person um, who had experienced that conversion therapy, given that it was said in front of 420-odd people, um, that person is Evie McDonald. And when she mm. said that on the panel, there was just this absolute gasp from the audience of what the heck. So yeah. um, let's hope that never happens again. And as, as we say, we get to that blue sky for young, for trans and gender diverse people of all ages and families. We've got to wrap it up because we're bang out of time um, and I'd better get out and play some music to let the <laughs> Freedom of Species um, crew in talking all things animal advocacy. Um, Cara, thanks so much for coming in and at pretty short notice too. Very much appreciated and you've you've survived your first time on, on radio. Yes. <sighs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been uh it's, yeah, it's been really fun. It's been a pleasure. Well, yeah, a pleasure and would say to yourself or anyone from parents of gender diverse children or similar groups, or even if you're not organizing a group, you're a parent and want to tell your story as part of telling the stories that is out of the pan, just get in touch with me by all the means. You can get in touch with the show. Love to have people on and hear how it went. Better get out of the way, though, and take it out today um, just with some dry humour from that philosopher Wilson Dixon and the closing track on his um, first album, Wilson Dixon's Greatest Hits, which is interesting that you did that as a first album, <laughs> and philosophy. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.